Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Hey, well, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to Must Read Alaska from somewhere in Alaska, where it's a gorgeous day out there. I think from at least from Anchorage down to Ketchikan, we've had some really beautiful weather, and it was great Easter weekend. My co-host, John Quick, is with me today. Hi, John. How are you doing? Doing awesome down here on the Kenai Peninsula. We have um, the snow is melting. Luckily, kind of. I got probably two and a half feet of snow still at my house. I I uh, went out yesterday to get the last ice chunk off of our kids' trampoline, and uh, you know about tore my hip flexor, which I don't even know what that is, but I think I I figured out what it was because my feet sink in three feet because the snow's about that time of the year. And man, you just post hole on too. Yes, and I, I uh, can't wait till it all melts. So it's See, hopefully seen, in the next couple of weeks. Have you seen those like uh, those huge blow torches that people have um, online that they advertise? These are like flamethrowers. <laughs> yeah. This is what you need for your lawn. You need a flamethrower. <laughs> speaking of which, I, I guess there's a big forest. There's a big wildfire out in Bethel. And um, this, it's like it's really early in the season for the first fire of the season. Quite honestly, it's crazy to have a fire so soon. It's like 1200 acres. I don't know how it got started. We don't have lightning at this time of year, but it's pretty crazy. Well, we're going to talk about a lot of really fun things, but first of all, I want to thank the Charlie Pierce for Governor campaign for sponsoring our show. We really appreciate the support we get from Charlie Pierce for Governor and and Edie Grunwald for Lieutenant Governor. It's um, it's been really helpful to us. Costs a lot of money to put this show together, believe it or not. And there are a lot. There's a lot of technical things in the background that go on that people don't see. And John, I believe you got us on Pandora. I'm pretty excited about that. So we're on. I mean, is there a platform that we're not on now? I mean, we're on everything, uh, right? We we finally got approved to be on Pandora. They're kind of like the the uh, biggest stickler to get approved on, and we got approved on there. I don't know a couple of weeks ago, which is very exciting. So you can just, you know, if you have an Alexa or a Google Home pod, you can just tell your Google Home pod or Alexa to to play our Must Read Alaska show. And now they can choose from Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the list goes on. The last platform that we um, just got approved for was Samsung. So Samsung just came out with, you know, Samsung has their own phones and their own TVs and you know, they're big in the U.S., but around the globe, like their phones are uber popular, especially in the Android world. And uh, their TVs are very, very popular. And so they just launched their own platform and we got approved for uh, to be on their platform with, a you know, just kind of a handful of podcasts. They're picking right out the gate and ours got picked to be one of them. So we're pretty excited about that. Well, welcome everybody from the Samsung um, platform and also from Pandora platform. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. We have a little bit of an update from the uh, Anchorage elections. Of course, that was held earlier this month. And because Anchorage does a mail-in only, pretty much mail-in only, you have to drop in a, in a drop box or drop it in the mail. You really don't vote in person here in Anchorage anymore. And because of that, it takes forever to get the results and forever for things to get finalized. I got the voter uh, count that from this morning. We, we had 71,462 ballots cast. And I'll, I'll do a story later today. And then the Anchorage uh, Assembly will be certifying that tomorrow in their, their special assembly meeting where they certify the election. 
And in Anchorage, of course, as conservatives know, they, they won one seat back from the uh, Marxist nine. And then the, the rest of the seats look like they kind of remained uh, in place there. The, there will be a Marxist eight for a while. And then they're going to add a, a, another seat for downtown Anchorage so that they can lock in that liberal vote for Anchorage, which is just simply going to drive all the conservatives out into the valley and uh, into the other areas of you know, maybe Kenai. I hear property in Kenai is still affordable, but boy, I tell you, property in Wasilla is going up in price because everybody wants to move out of Anchorage. It's crazy. It's crazy. But the topic of the day is, does a Donald Trump endorsement even help or hurt at this point in Alaska? No, I kind of wish we had a Donald Trump endorsement for our show. That, I think that would actually help. <laughs> he should go on Cameo. We could we could get him on Cameo. We could get an endorsement. <laughs> yeah, for that matter, I'll do a Cameo for him if he likes. Yeah, it's like That's I wasn't funny. a Donald Trump fan before, but now I think he's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so everybody's been following this congressional race that has developed. And, and John, it's been so interesting because just until uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was the Senate race that was a marquee race in the country, the Murkowski race, because that is well known to be Donald Trump's. He hates Lisa Murkowski and Lisa Murkowski hates him. It is a relationship that was sour from the beginning. She just, you know, he made her skin crawl. She never liked him and, and um, she didn't like his picks for Supreme Court. And she was always really making trouble for the president. So he would like to take out um, Lisa Murkowski with Kelly Chewbacca, who he endorsed. And that was the marquee race in this in the country. But then when um, Don Young died and everybody jumped in the race for uh, for Congress, it just became the marquee race. And I've got to tell you, all the national media is focused because Sarah Palin, she kind of sucks the oxygen out of every room. She is the the it girl always. And so the media, they don't have Donald Trump to, to write about anymore or talk about, well, they've got Sarah Palin and that drives a lot of, um, of interest for them. And it's for them, it's all about clicks and so forth. So you had the Washington Post, they assigned Libby Casey to the story and Libby Casey is longtime Alaska roots in, in public media, public broadcasting. She wrote a story about uh, Sarah Palin's running for Congress, but many of her Alaskans, many Alaskans are skeptical of her. And they just, uh, she talked to several uh, conservatives around Alaska influencers and people just are not warming up to the Sarah Palin campaign here. Uh, then Politico sent a reporter up to follow Nick Begich, who's running for Congress. And he, of course, as you know, announced back in October, he was like one of the only ones who had the guts to announce before Don died. Well, you know, Sarah Palin jumped in after Don died because, well, she didn't have the guts to take him on when he was alive. OK, I got it. And um so this reporter, David Siders from Politico, he came up and he, he wrote his story about um, Sarah Palin doesn't seem to have the love that she uh, in Alaska that that people around the country have for her. She's sort of a Tea Party favorite around the country, but in Alaska, not so much. And then the New York Times did a story. So, you know, Sarah Palin knows how to get attention. Can she actually win? And the New York Times actually sent a reporter to track um Nick Begich's campaign through Southeast Alaska this last weekend because he was in Juneau and he was in Haines and he was uh, in Ketchikan. And this uh, the New York Times reporter was following him and doing a story kind of on him because he's sort of the other lead um, player in all of this because he's been at it for a while. You know, he's been at it since October, so he's got a little bit more clout. 
And then this morning, The Hill wrote a story saying, you know, Trump's cloud is really on the line in these Senate GOP primaries. And, and I think it's a, Alexander Bolton wrote a really interesting story. And I'm going to write a story this, today in Must Read Alaska about whether or not the Donald Trump endorsement actually helps candidates or hurts them in Alaska. Because now you have Donald Trump endorsing Mike Dunleavy, Kelly, Kelly Chewbacca, and Sarah Palin. So how does that help or hurt each one of those candidates? And um, I'd like your thoughts on it, John. Well, I think it's, uh, I have a couple thoughts about Sarah Palin. I think that, uh, you know, she is a rock star, whether we like it or not. She has um, been very successful uh, with her own brand. Um, there's very few folks in Alaska that have been able to snag multiple New York Times bestsellers, their own reality TV shows, right and left, you know, uh, headline tea party uh, uh, speaking engagements. And, you know, she's done that. She's done that real well. But I think some of the downsides of that are, you know, I think there's a verse in the Bible that says you can't be a prophet in your own town. Um, and it's tough. I think, you know, it's like when the, the country singer from your small town comes back to, you know, have dinner in the, in the local restaurant uh, and gets crap thrown at him because he still owes somebody for five bucks and never finished plowing, you know, somebody's driveway when he was 11 years old or something like that. I think it's really hard for folks, especially in Alaska, because we're a small town here to have somebody like that come back off the fan, the famous wagon and feel like, you know, Alaska, I think a lot of folks in Alaska, including myself, feel like, where have you been the last 15 years when we needed your help? You know, you've been doing celebrity things, which, we, you know, I think is awesome. You've been successful, but it's a little, you know, it's just disingenuous sometimes because, you know, a small little example is, you know, I can, you know, with the Must Read Alaska show, we can pretty much reach out to any candidate in Alaska and they'll be on our show or they'll say, we're too busy, sorry, you know, but they'll at least get back to us real quick. Sarah Palin's crickets, you yeah. know, I've invited her on the show a couple times over the last couple months, just because I think it'd be good for folks to hear from her. And not only does she just, you know, my guess is it's a no, but she doesn't even have the time to respond to us, mm -hmm. which that is a perfect example of how Alaskans feel like with Sarah Palin that have any sort of political knowledge that they feel like she didn't have time for us. You know, she has time to run for Congress and do all these other things, but, um, you know, she doesn't even have time to respond to uh, uh, the top conservative news channel in Alaska, a yes or a no. And so that is a very small example, but a very prime example of, I think, how a lot of Alaskans are feeling. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, you know, uh, kill or circumvent any of the success that she has, you know. I think that's awesome. There's two, I look at it as two different things. She's been successful, but now she's trying to show up and uh, now hang out among us common folks here in Alaska again. And I think it's going to be a little tough for folks when they feel like they've been forgotten about. Yeah, I think I've got a couple of comments about that. One is that um, I looked at her Facebook page and she's having somebody produce some pretty high professional meme content for her with articles on her sarahpalin.com site, but it's all national stuff. She's completely focused on red meat Republican issues at the national level. And then I, I dug down a little deeper and all of her comments under her, under her stories on Facebook are all from 
people outside the state. These are all, I, I went and went through their, you know, sort of trolled through the accounts and said, who is, who are these people? Well, they're all from outside the state. So she doesn't really have a lot of reach inside the state. And she doesn't appear to be reaching out to Alaskans because she's not talking to Alaska about Alaskan issues. She's talking to the national audience. And that may be part of her fundraising strategy. And so it's very possible that, um, that Donald Trump has endorsed somebody who, you know, she's got a lower approval rating in Alaska than Joe Biden, if you can believe it. So this is a, a, this gets back to my original premise, which is, does a Donald Trump endorsement help or hurt? And in this case, I think his endorsement of Sarah Palin is actually a little bit difficult. I mean, it might have been more helpful if he had endorsed somebody else than her. But because her approval rating is so low, it, it puts Alaskan Republicans and conservatives in a little bit of a conflicting place because Donald Trump is a divisive figure. You either love him or you hate him. If he was in a ranked choice environment, you'd either vote for him as your number one or you wouldn't vote for him at all because you just wouldn't, you wouldn't vote for Donald Trump for number two. You just wouldn't. And Sarah Palin's a little bit like that too. She'll either be your number one candidate or you're just, I mean, you throw open your mouth a little bit, you can't vote for her. And so it's, uh, it, I think both of them are lightning rod figures. They don't appeal to the middle as much. But well, we did that poll and we, we discovered that 31% of voters would vote for her. And uh, that's not enough actually to win. 31% is not enough to get there. So we'll see what happens in the ranked choice environment. But with Trump coming in and supporting all three of our statewide races, if he comes up this summer to do a rally, I think it really puts um, Mike Dunleavy in a difficult position because they get on the stage and uh, at a rally. And I mean, Sarah Palin, she is absolutely charismatic. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Dunleavy's a little bit of a, you know, he's a mule rancher. He's not, he's not charismatic the way she is. And, I think Kelly Chewbacca would have even a hard time kind of holding her own on the stage because Kelly can't sort of dig deep and pull out that sort of, I don't know, phony. Well, geez, thing. anybody would have a hard time, I think, sharing oh, yeah. a stage with Sarah Palin. She exactly. is, you know, she it's like holding a church service at some mega church. I mean, that's the kind of inspiration, I think, that um, she can draw out of a crowd. And that's a, you know... She got that from, you know, just being who she is. I think she's naturally like that. But she spoke, you know, when she ran for VP, we got to remember that she was on stage with John McCain in front of hundreds of thousands of people over the course of a year, you know, and she fine tuned those skills uh, in the field and got really good at it. She is very good on her feet. She's extremely good at one-liners and she knows how to work an audience. But the question is, who is the audience that shows up for that rally? Is it the Dunleavy supporter? Is it the Chickabaca supporter? No, probably most likely it's going to be uh, a, a Sarah Palin supporter. And so I, I think it makes it awkward for the other candidates having Donald Trump in, in this mix because that means do all three of them have to show up on a rally stage? I, to me, that's really awkward for the governor and for Kelly Chewbacca. I think it's not helpful to Kelly Chewbacca's campaign to have uh, the Donald endorsing Sarah Palin. I, I think that he's actually hurting. He, he, he wanted to get rid of Murkowski, and I think he's just done something that's kind of hurt himself. And he's now got a pattern of doing that because, for instance, um, he has had a couple of high-profile endorsements that haven't done real well. Um, he, he, he endorsed... Um, uh, he endorsed, a, let's see, Sean Parnell down in Pennsylvania, I think, 
and he, he he withdrew from the race. That was a kind of a catastrophe. Now it's not our Sean Parnell; it's, an, it's another Sean Parnell. They just sh- share the same name, and he's now endorsed JD Vance. And JD Vance in Ohio is not really preferred by um, by most uh, conservatives. You know, actually, the guy who's this Mandel guy in Ohio is leading, and and Vance is trailing. Um, he 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 endorsed Representative Brooks in Alabama, and that backfired. And so he's, you know, he's not batting a thousand when he comes in to endorse. It's not a sure bet. So I guess if I'm the governor, I'm kind of just wanting to back away from all that. And let me tell you, if they have a if if Donald Trump comes up to have a campaign event, I don't know. I think I just need to go and have a kidney stone removed rather than show up if I'm him. Yeah, I um, I think that uh, the folks, the normal folks of Alaska are going to um, be excited about anybody that Donald Trump endorses. I think that, um, you know, that's where you and I maybe see this a little differently, which is totally fine. Is I that's because you're, that you're in Nikiski. Yeah. <laughs> it, it can't be helped. <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, you get a guy like Donald Trump and he entices folks to um, – get out and vote folks that may not otherwise get out and vote and especially those conservative um more libertarian leaning uh crowd and so you know does donald trump understand alaska politics probably not but he understands marketing probably better than most any if not any ever you know president uh, that i've seen in the last you know 30 years and uh i think if donald trump endorses he has endorsed Sarah Palin and I think that it it does become a little bit sticky I think that's the only sticky point I have is because she's so out of touch with the average Alaskan I think that that's a real tough thing to do but I honestly think that his endorsement a lot of folks that don't follow politics which are our you know the majority of people if we're honest um they're going to look at that and say oh Donald Trump endorsed a, a conservative or libertarian that you know, lives out here in Nikiski in the woods is going to look at that and say, oh, Donald Trump supporter. So I'm going to support her. And I don't, and I'm not saying that that's a good or a bad thing. I just think that that's kind of the realities of the situation is the folks that don't pay attention too much. Just like when, you know, Obama endorses some left candidate, it's almost like an automatic stamp of approval for those folks that aren't really involved. And all they know is that Obama endorsed them. Right, and right. If Donald Trump does come up here, I think it's going to be an event that everybody's going to be talking about for the last, you know, next fifty years. Um, it will be a big event, and but it's it's he, I mean, it just he could land with a um, a bang or he could land with a thud, but um, but we'll see. I, I kind of am looking right now as at the at the primary, which remind let me remind our listeners that the ballot for the special election goes out in nine days. Oh gosh. It is right here. And and the only person who has really been making a lot of um, traction here is, is Nick Begich. Now I have heard here in, in the Anchorage media market, Jeff Lowenfell ads on the radio. And so he's spending some money on radio. And I imagine that's between a, a 25,000 and a $50,000 buy. And that's probably his own money because I think he's well off. Um, and he's running as an independent. So he has no ability to raise money from any kind of party infrastructure. He's just a lone wolf out there. 
but he's got some radio ads. I haven't heard anything about Sweeney, um, Tara Sweeney. She has a lot of uh, money behind her, but they haven't mobilized it. She doesn't even have a Facebook page yet for her campaign, which was is absolutely mystifying to me since, like I said, nine days from now, the ballots go out and people are curious about who these people are that they kind of hear about now and then. Um, Josh Redak, not really catching uh, much of a pulse. He's uh, he He too is sort of blogging on Facebook about national issues, nothing about Alaska. Um, uh, Al Gross is uh, making some traction. He's got his, his plan well in place and he's, he's showing his real Alaska focus on his Facebook uh, brand as well. Uh, Nick Begich running through uh, lots of communities, uh, running really hard and was down in Ketchikan, had a big uh, bunch of support down there. And, and over the weekend, I guess, Doug Ward, who's quite well known in Ketchikan, uh, did an endorsement for him on Facebook. I saw that. And that's just adding to his list of very influential people around the state who are endorsing Nick Begich for uh, Congress. And then I, I, he had another endorsement from somebody that I don't know, uh, a guy named Mark Smith and Haynes. And it was a video endorsement, a very, very thoughtful endorsement from a guy in Haynes. So um, he is connecting with the people on the ground and everywhere you turn he is. And I know that a lot of us are going to go up to Fairbanks uh, this week. I'll be going up to Fairbanks. In fact, I'm taking my car in today to get the oil changed so that I can do a road trip on Wednesday. By the way, it'll be, um, or I guess it'll be Thursday morning. It's, I'm going to hit the road at Odark 30 and head to the Republican State Convention, which is held every other year. And I wish you could be there, John. I wish you were able to, to get away. Let me know if you can. I'll, I'll pay for a ticket for you to get up there. And um, but it's a there'll be about 320 uh, Republican activists who will be there. Ronna McDaniel's will be there. She's the head of the RNC. She'll be on our show later this week. By the way, that's pretty fun. Um, love love to have Ronna McDaniel on our show. She, now, some people say, oh, she's an establishment. Republican. I don't know. Establishment Republican are people been out for a long time. I mean, maybe somebody called me an established Republican. I don't know. Well, and remember, I'm, she was an early on Trump supporter that the exactly. Republican Party could not stand that she did that. Oh, gosh, no, <laughs> they couldn't stand it. And and I get that she's Mitt Romney's uh, niece. And I used to like Mitt Romney. And, and Mitt Romney seemed like a really great guy about eight years ago. He came up here and he he did a, a, a road show for um I think it was when he when well when Dan Sullivan was running in 2014 and, and Sean Parnell. Ben Romney came up and supported both of our candidates. I mean, he's a really good guy, but you know, he's just kind of drifted a little liberal in his, his old age. So I'm not a I'm not a Romney fan. But you know, he, that's that's her uncle. And it's just like you can't blame Nick Begich for his uncle. You can't blame Rhonda McDaniels for her uncle. It's just this is not fair. And then um there'll be other speakers up there. So we have a speaker from um, from Florida, uh, Brian Mast. He's a representative from the 18th district in Florida, Purple Heart survivor of a catastrophic um, IED that he encountered in um, Afghanistan, I think. And um, he's a double amputee, but he serves in Congress, a really great patriot. And he used to sit next to Don Young in Congress and so knew him quite well. He'll be introduced at the convention by Don's widow, Ann Young. And so I have a little story up on that from um, last night, just to kind of preview what's going to be happening at the convention. They'll be electing things like a new party chair, and, and it'll probably be Ann, Ann Brown, although there is a challenger. Um, they'll, they'll do their other officers, vice chair, treasurer, secretary, and then they'll be looking at their platform. And so I'll be there. And actually, John, um, I'm going to be live streaming a lot on Facebook while I'm there. I'll, I'll live stream and then I'll 
charge up my phone again and I'll live stream some more. Nice. So we'll have a lot of content up on Facebook this week and uh, lots of stories as well. But on, on Thursday, I'll be driving and then I'll be doing the uh, podcast with Ron. I'm getting a super, super busy day. So might not get up as much uh, content on the website as we will have on Facebook because a lot of it will be just live. And then, uh, you know, also when I'm on the road, by the way, we've got a great TikTok channel for everybody. Um, did you see the TikTok uh, I put up? last night of the Mr. Alaska, uh, number one champion in uh, male physique. It's his name is Jabal Leaf. He's from Soldatna, Alaska. He works out at the Iron Asylum gym and he's 21 years old. He's never competed before in any bodybuilding competition. And he won first place. And I went to it last night and it was so impressive that I actually took some video and I put it up on TikTok. Everybody go check out our TikTok channel. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, um, this week is going to be very exciting. I want to encourage folks to um, kind of be in tune with our Facebook channel because Suzanne's going to be live streaming a bunch. And, you know, it's going to be a treat for Alaska if we can um, figure out a way to get um, our special guest on this week, you know, the chair of the whole Republican Party. It's, it's going to be pretty cool to be able to have her on, on possibly Thursday. So fingers crossed on that. And, you know, I just want to encourage folks to uh, get to know the process of ranked choice voting. I know that it's a um, cumbersome, almost gives you a, you know, headache or a seizure to even think about it, totally. but you have to, you got to wrap your minds around this, especially the super voters here in Alaska who are voting every single time, no matter what, um, because if you do it wrong, your ballot could be null and void. And, and we'd hate for that to happen no matter who you're voting for. It's, it's a freedom that we uh, gra graciously embrace here in Alaska to be able to vote for the candidates that we want. And we wanna make sure we're doing it correctly. So study up on that. I know there's some resources out there to figure it out, um, but do some homework on your own. We've, Suzanne's written some articles on it. We've published them by Tuckerman on it. Um, uh, but get educated because it is a bit of a mess if you don't know what you're doing going into it. Right. And it's, it's, a, it's not a matter of just saying this is who I prefer. I like number, I like candidate one, two, and three. And, and actually in, in, in the first election, it's just pick one. And I'm afraid that some of our voters will be confused and they'll say, I know I'm supposed to rank these. So I guess I'll fill in the bubble and then mm -hmm. write, a, write a number next to it. Well, that would actually spoil your ballot. And what we're finding out over, across the country where they do rank choice voting the, the number of spoiled ballots is extremely high because it's very confusing to voters. It's a ridiculous system designed by lawyers to actually rig the, rig the ballot system. But that's what our, our voters voted for because they were actually kind of tricked into it by, um, you know, we're going to get rid of dark money. And oh, by the way, we're going <laughs> to. Oh, by the way, it was funded by dark money, the whole yeah. ranked choice. <laughs> so, so yeah, there'll be a pre presentation on that up in Fairbanks, and I'll be going to that. And I believe Brian Hove is putting that together. So, that should be interesting. And if I can uh, live stream it, I will. I'm not sure that how many of the things inside the room the uh, party will let me live stream. That might be a little bit of a, a trick, a little negotiation there. But uh, you'll have the podcast on Wednesday, right? And you'll probably have a guest. Yep, I'm having Tuckerman on on Wednesday. So everybody that wants to hear from uh, Tuckerman, the former Republican Party chair and former chief of staff for Governor Dunleavy, and he was the head of tr the transition team as well for Governor Dunleavy. Just a, um, he's one of my favorite people. He's, oh, he's so smart. He's 
one of the smartest Alaska political people that I know, but he's also just a um, good person. And uh, once people get to know him, I know there's, there's a persona that people know of, you know, all these kinds of folks in the media, then there's people that actually know these people. Yeah. And Tuckerman is just the salt of the earth kind of guy. Yeah. And one of my favorites. That's, that's for sure. I love him to pieces. Well, thank you for that. So everybody tune in on Wednesday for that. And thanks again to the Charlie Pierce for governor for sponsoring this podcast. We really appreciate you, Charlie Pierce, for, um, for chipping in. And if you'd like to help us support the Must Read Alaska, conservative news in Alaska, really, the mainstream media is running circles around uh, the news. And it's, it's hard for us to keep up. We really appreciate the support. Everybody who has um, helped us, thank you. We really, really appreciate you. So until next week, John, we're signing off from somewhere in Alaska.